Welcome to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, where we have open and honest conversations about co-parenting, separation, divorce, and the hardest question of all, should you stay or should you go? I'm Kate Anthony, your Divorce Survival Guide, and I'm here to help you navigate some of the roughest waters you've ever swum in and answer some of your toughest questions. I've been to hell and back, and now it's my mission in life to help you get to the other side of this process with your sanity and your heart intact. Hey everyone, welcome back. We have a really great show today with Dr. Debbie Silber. We're going to be talking about post-betrayal syndrome and post-betrayal transformation. And before we get to that, though, I want to tell you a little something, something, something that we are cooking up here at the Divorce Survival Guide. We know that many women can't separate. They worry about separation um, and divorce because of money concerns. I recently asked in my community why those who haven't enrolled in my program haven't done so, and the overwhelming response was money. Um, that was kind of separate. I was just really curious to pull the community. But that kind of rose to the top. My friend Amanda Steinberg simultaneously came to me. You've heard Amanda um, on the podcast. She's the author of Worth It, Your Life, Your Money, Your Terms, um, and former um, owner and creator of The Daily Worth. And so she came to me and she says, look, I want to understand this dynamic more in depth. I want to create some content, some programming, something for the women who feel like finances are the reason that they have to stay in an unhealthy, unhappy, or even abusive marriage. And so Amanda and I are partnering together to create programs, content, free resources, everything that you might need in order to move yourself forward, right? In order to do that, Amanda created a survey. Now, so far, I think over 300 people have taken the survey, and the findings that we have gotten so far are fascinating, super fascinating. And we will come back on the podcast and share with you what those findings are, because um, I don't think that this is the kind of research that's really been done that I know of. And so we're expanding it, and I would love it if you are a stay-at-home mom, if you've been financially abused, if you're low income, or if you fall into any other category of women for whom finances are the reason or a huge contributing factor for why you are still in your marriage, we want to hear from you. We want you to take this survey. Um, it's not long. <laughs> it's quite short. It's multiple choice. Every question in the survey is optional. So you only you can you share only what you're comfortable answering. And at the end of the survey, leaving your email address is also optional. So only share it if you want to be the first to hear about these programs um, or to be available for follow-up research because we might, you know, Amanda's like, she's so great. She's so granular about this stuff and she may want to dig a little bit more deeply. Again, all engagement, everything that you put in this survey is completely voluntary. Your information is strictly confidential. Um, responding to the survey doesn't obligate you in any way to anything. Everything, every question is optional. And I really hope that you'll take it so that Amanda and I can bring you content that will elevate your financial standing as quickly as possible. So that link to the survey is going to be in the show notes. So you're going to have to go. I know it's a pain, but uh, that's just the deal. We don't have a cute, quippy uh, link for it. So <laughs> head to the show notes, click on the survey. It's a Google form, um, super quick, super easy. And please, please, please take it if you fall into um, the category that, that I shared. So, all right, now on to today's episode. This is so awesome, you guys. Dr. Debbie Silber is the founder of the PBT, Post-Betrayal Transformation Institute, the PBT Institute. And she is a holistic psychologist, a health mindset and personal development expert, and the author of Trust Again which is an amazing book. And she is a two-time number one 
international best-selling author of The Unshakable Woman and From Hardened to Healed, The Effortless Path to Release Resistance, Get Unstuck, and Create a Life You Love. Her recent PhD study on how we experience betrayal made three groundbreaking discoveries that changes how long it takes to heal. So this is super interesting, you guys. She got a PhD in post-betrayal transformation. You know, we've talked recently on the podcast about how to sort of heal from betrayal and moving through betrayal in your relationship. And this podcast and, and Dr. Silber's work is really all about how to heal from betrayal within yourself. It was such an eye-opening conversation that we had that it actually made me realize that I am completely stuck, that I there are five stages of healing that we talk about that Dr. Silber has identified, and many most most people like me <laughs> get stuck in number three. And this was so, so eye-opening to me that I'm actually going to take on doing this work because I realize where I got stuck. And I am betting that many of you are stuck here as well. So super important information about trans transforming your post-betrayal syndrome, which is an actual thing, into sort of the greatest healing and freedom that you can experience on the other side, but you got to go through all of these five stages of healing and not get stuck like I did. So here's my super awesome, amazing, enlightening conversation with Dr. Debbie Silber. Dr. Debbie Silber, thank you so much for coming on to talk about this incredible, important important topic. Um, Thank you. I'm so looking forward to our conversation. Yeah. So gosh, where do we begin? Let's talk about this. How you, you said something about like how, why is betrayal different from other forms of life crises? Mm -hmm. I think it's so important, right? Because it's not the same. Not at all. No. And actually that was one of the discoveries. So do you want me to just say how that all came about? Yes. Then... Let's start there. Yes. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Cause that was one of the three. So anyway, you know, no one studies betrayal unless you have to, you know, and that's, that's been <laughs> the case with me. So it's, uh-huh. it's actually my 30th year in business and as life would morph and change, so would, so would business. And uh, I was in health and then mindset and personal development. And then I had a horrible betrayal from my family, thought I did the work I needed to do to heal. And a couple of years later, it happened again. This time it was my husband. Shocked, blindsided, like I'm sure many of your listeners have been through. Uh, and I, so I got him out of the house. I looked at the two experiences and I was like, well, what's similar? to these two. And I realized, you know, boundaries were always getting crossed. I never took my needs seriously. And I was like, that's it. Something drastic has to happen. Something dramatic has to change. So here I was four kids, six dogs, a thriving business. I was 50 and I'm like, I'm going back for a PhD. And it was in transpersonal psychology, the psychology of transformation and human potential, because I was changing so much. I didn't quite understand it. He was too on his own. Wasn't ready to look at that yet. And then it was time to do a study. So I studied betrayal. What holds us back? What helps us heal? And what happens to us physically, mentally, and emotionally when the people closest to us lie, cheat, and deceive? That study led to three groundbreaking discoveries, which changed my health, my family, my work, my life. So to answer your question, yeah. You know, I had been through death of a loved one. I had been through disease. I was in the ICU for 11 days. Miracle, I'm alive. Story for later, if you like, or I was like, you know, betrayal feels very different for me. I didn't want to assume that it was the same for everyone else. So I said to all of my study participants, if you've been through another trauma besides betrayal, does it feel different for you? Hands down unanimously. They said, oh my gosh, it's so different. Here's why. Mm. Because it feels so intentional. We take it so personally. Right. So the whole self gets totally shattered. Rejection, 
abandonment, belonging, confidence, worthiness, trust get shattered and all has to be rebuilt. So it, it kind of needed its own name, which is now called post-betrayal transformation. So to answer your question in a really long-winded way. No, it's uh, great. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah, it is different. And, and so different, even I was originally studying betrayal and post-traumatic growth. Post-traumatic growth, for those aren't, who aren't familiar, it's like kind of an upside of trauma, mm-hmm. how any trauma leaves you with a new awareness, insight, perspective that you didn't have. And I was like, yes, that's true, but you also have to rebuild the self. So if you were to rebuild your life and yourself, that puts you in that place of post-betrayal transformation. Interesting. And you've identified post-betrayal syndrome, right? Mm-hmm. Which which comes, I guess, before <laughs> before the transformation, yeah, right? Yeah. Is that, that was a second discovery. This was mm-hmm. a shocker as well. Yeah. We realized and, and learned that there's actually this collection of symptoms, physical, mental, and emotional, so common to betrayal, it's known as post-betrayal syndrome. Now, at this point, we must have, I don't know, 40, 45,000 people who've taken our post-betrayal syndrome quiz on our site to see to what extent they're struggling. And what's so interesting about that quiz is we've all heard, right? We've been taught time heals all wounds. Well, I have the proof that that's not true because there's a question that says, is there anything else you'd like to share? And people write things like, my betrayal happened 40 years ago and I can still feel the hate. My betrayal happened 35 years ago. I'm unwilling to trust. My betrayal happened 15 years ago. Feels like it happened yesterday. And, you know, so it's it, it's also every couple of months, I, I pull the stats from the quiz just to see where people mm-hmm, land. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I'm happy to share them if that would serve. Yes, I actually would love that. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Because here's the thing. So often we're walking around with symptoms and we just attribute it to, oh, you know, it's just aging. Oh, it's just stress. No, it's not. It's your unhealed betrayal. And when you hear, and I invite everybody to just listen in. And if you're struggling with these symptoms, it is very likely that these are symptoms that you are struggling from symptoms of betrayal syndrome. Now, here's the thing: the most important factor of this, the craziest part to realize, but it's so true. And I'll get into this later. It doesn't matter if your betrayal happened decades ago. The symptoms that we can be struggling with right now can be from a betrayal that happened decades ago. And when I get into the third discovery, you'll see why, but let me share some stats with you. So this is out of, now we have every age is represented just about every country out of 40,000 plus people. Ready? Yeah. 78% constantly revisit their experience. 81% feel a loss of personal power. Mm -hmm. 80% are hypervigilant. That's exhausting, right? Uh, 94% deal with painful triggers. These are the most common physical symptoms. 71% have low energy. 68% struggle with their sleep. 63% have extreme fatigue. So you're exhausted. You, you sleep, you wake up, you're exhausted, right? Doesn't right, matter. right. Four, those are your adrenals that have crashed. Mm-hmm. Uh, 47% have weight changes. So in the beginning, maybe you can't hold food down. Later on, you're using food for comfort. Mm-hmm. have digestive issues, and that's anything from Crohn's, IBS, diverticulitis, constipation, diarrhea. Mm -hmm. Wow. The most common mental symptoms, yep. Uh, 78% are overwhelmed, 70% walking around in a state of disbelief, 68% are unable to focus, 64% are in shock, 62% are unable to concentrate. So now imagine this. You can't concentrate. You have a gut issue. You're exhausted. And you're supposed to raise your kids. You're supposed to work, right? That's right. not even the emotional symptoms, ready? Emotionally, 88% have extreme sadness. 83% are very angry. Now, you and I both know it is very common to bounce back and forth between those two. Grief, anger, rage, grief, rage, grief, rage. Yes, <laughs> right. exactly. 82% feel hurt. 80% have anxiety, 79% are stressed, a few more. Here's why I wrote the book, Trust Again, ready? Mm-hmm. 84% have an inability to trust. 67% prevent themselves from forming deep relationships because they're afraid of being hurt again. 82% find it hard to move forward. 90% want to move forward, but they don't know how. Yes, all of that. I yeah. I can relate. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, also, I was diagnosed with high cortisol levels, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I have a friend who's dealing with it right now. Same thing. Her cortisol yeah. levels are off, 
off the charts. Mm-hmm. And she's like on all of these herbs and right. And it's like, oh, it's, and I was too, right. Mm-hmm. There's a, there's an underlying cause for that. Right. And that's the stress, hor- stress hormones, right? Exactly. Your stress response is response is ignited. And it's as yes. if you're running from a saber toothed tiger 24 seven. So at first, when your cortisol levels are high, you're really running you're going for it. You're charging. Right. And then what happens is then you get like tired and wired and then you just get tired and then those levels plummet. So, and those are your adrenals that have just tanked. Your body is doing everything it can to save you. And it's these emotions and we keep going over and over and over, uh, you know, them again. And that's what keeps this going. And then, you know, with the, just to go a little bit on a health tangent here, when your adrenals or tanking, right? When when this is what's happening because of the stress of the betrayal of the shattering of trust, then what happens is you also suppress your immune system. So now here you were, you were able to prevent, you know, illness and disease. And now you don't have the same protection you did. That's You're right. noticing things like your hair is changing. Your skin is changing. All of a sudden you get this belly. You're like, where the heck did this come from? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. right. You are Because it's like... Uh, when everything was okay, your body's taking in things, processing, doing what it has to do. But it's as if your body says, oh, I see you're busy. No worries. I'm going to park myself right here in your belly. You go about <laughs> right. your business. I got you. Right. That's right. Exactly. right. Right. So many symptoms, our thyroid, our weight changes. I mean, you name it. That's what happens. And all of this, you know, and this is why, you know, you say that betrayal affects us in future relationships, in our, in our, in especially professionally, right? Like, because you're in that state of trauma Mm -hmm. and then you're trying to go about your life, (laughs) which doesn't work, right? You can't, you can't quite do it. And there's that stuckness, right? You know, people talk about not having quote motivation, Mm -hmm right? To get a new job or right. Make the changes that they feel that they need to make in their life. But Mm -hmm. really it's because they're stuck in this trauma. A hundred percent. That's, that's spot on. And I'll share with you exactly why they get stuck. But before I do, you said, you know, how it affects you at work. It affects everything, work, Mm -hmm. health relationships. These are the most common places I see it. So let's say in relationships, I'll see it in one of two ways. The first way is in a repeat betrayal. The faces keep changing, but it's the same thing. And I'm sure you know so many people, and there are so many of your listeners who are thinking, oh my gosh, that's me. And this could be, you go from boss to boss to boss, friend to friend to friend, partner to partner to partner. You're like, what the heck is it me? Yes, it is. It's not in you in that it's your fault. It's you in that it's your opportunity. There is a profound lesson that needs to be learned, whether it is I am lovable, worthy, deserving. I need better boundaries in place. I do matter, whatever it is. Until and unless you really get that, you will keep getting opportunities in the form of people to teach Mm. you. Yeah. So, and there's like, I think that there's two two ways of looking at that or two, not that they're uh, mutually exclusive, right? Mm -hmm. There is the sort of more sort of spiritual aspect of like, you're being given this opportunity over and over again. It's like Mm -hmm. a a Buddhist, right? Philosophy of like, life is going to keep giving you this lesson until you learn it. Mm -hmm. And then there's also the psychological aspect of, you know, attachment and, you know, wounding and trauma and being drawn to the trauma that we know. Well, and think about it and whatever level you take it from, think about it. This is just, this person has these characteristics, not that they're good. They're so familiar. They're so familiar. It's like, I know this, this is home. I get this. I I know how to move through this. This is something that I know. And we do that unless and until we make a very conscious effort to take a look at these things. Like, look, even in my own experience, it was my family and then it was my husband. And think about what I did. It was for me personally, the most drastic thing I could do, go back for this PhD. I hadn't been in school in decades. This stuff was hard. <laughs> I'm 50 and I'm looking, I'm like, wow, really? We can do that? That's crazy. And you know what? Even crazier about that. When I was graduating, um, I get an email from somebody and he goes, oh, I hear we're graduating together. I'm like, oh, that's great. Uh, and he goes, yeah, remind me of your name. I'm not great with names. I'm 79. <laughs> Good for him. See that? So we're never too old. So never. Uh, it was so such great. a pleasure to meet him. But anyway, so we see it in, let's say in relationships, in repeat betrayals. But the other way we see it in relationships is we put the big wall up. We're like, nope. 
been there, done that. No one's getting near me again. We think it's coming from a place of strength. It's not. That's coming from fear. We cannot uh, feel. We don't believe we can take the chance of letting anybody in or close to our heart again. So we keep everyone at a distance, but that's not fair to us. Because we're keeping out the bad ones, but we're keeping out the good ones too. The second, then we see it also in health, right? People go to the most well-meaning doctors, coaches, healers, therapists to manage a stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. At the root of it is an unhealed betrayal. Like for example, you know, I mentioned 45% of everybody who's been betrayed has a gut issue. So imagine you go to the best gut doctor on the planet, but if that gut doctor isn't well-versed in betrayal, they're, they're taking care of the leaves and not getting to the root. We're not really handling the whole thing. And then again, you know, with work, which is what you mentioned, think about it. We want that razor promotion. We deserve it, but the person we, you know, but, but it's like our confidence was shattered. So we don't have the confidence to ask. Absolutely. Absolutely. We want to be a team player. We want to be a collaborative partner, but the person we trusted the most proved untrustworthy. How can we trust that boss, that coworker, that JV partner, you see, shows up everywhere, everywhere. Yeah. And it's, I think that what's so hard to, to imagine is the, it's like the cart horse situation, right? It's like, well, we're in it and we, and, and we have to get ourselves out of it. We have to transform through it. Mm-hmm. but yet we're in it, which is the thing that's stopping any transformation, right? Like there's that point, there's that yep. sweet spot mm-hmm. of getting through. How, where is that? And how yeah. do you find that? That is exactly in the third discovery. Oh, okay, <laughs> great. You, know, you, <laughs> Look just, at me. you just held my hand and walked me right to that one. <laughs> so this, yeah. this for me was mm-hmm. the most exciting out mm-hmm. of all the discoveries. I mean, they were all exciting, but this one, like in the geekiest way, I thought my head was going to fly right off my body. We learned that while we can stay stuck for years, decades, a lifetime, and so many of us do, if we're going to fully heal, and by fully heal, I mean symptoms of post-betrayal syndrome to that whole healed, just rock solid place of post-betrayal transformation, we're going to go through five now proven predictable stages. Mm. And what's even more exciting about that is We even know what happens physically, mentally, and emotionally at every single stage. And we know what it takes to move from one stage to the next. Why is that good? Healing's predictable. All you have to do, you know where you find out where you are. And it is, if you are willing, willingness is the biggest word here, you are willing, you will predictably move through the stages to post-betrayal transformation. And I'm happy to share the stages if that would help. I would love for you to yes please yeah please. Sure. yeah and i love the fact that you said that 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 all you have to do is be willing mm-hmm. right and i yep. i know that for just you know for me in my experience of willingness right mm-hmm. and especially spending a lot of time in 12 step programs where there are two steps mm-hmm. that are about willingness right and the, i think one of the things that's really awesome about willingness is that you actually don't even necessarily have to be willing. You just have to be willing to be willing, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, cause when yeah. I'd be like, well, I don't know, am I willing? I don't know. I think I'm willing, but obviously not. It's like, okay, are you willing to be willing? Yeah. yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. Right. I can wrap my head around that. Right. No, that's a great right? point. And that's it. And we think we are, but when I go through the stages, you'll see how we're not, we do have so much to lose mm-hmm. when we are, uh, when we are willing, and you'll see right. it when I go through the stage. Yes, let's so, do it. Let's do it. And it's, they're all mapped out in trust again. It's what we teach within the PBT Institute. It's what all of our cert- coaches are certified in. And there's one stage in particular, the most common stage to get stuck in. My whole new book is all for that stage because that's how common it is to get stuck. And now a word from our sponsor, me. Once you've decided to get a divorce, you may feel a sense of relief that the decision is finally made. But at the same time, you likely feel a sense of foreboding of what's ahead. There's a huge mountain left to climb. And if you've never gotten divorced before, especially divorced with kids, there's a lot that you don't know. You need a deep dive into the divorce process stat. That's exactly why I created the Divorce Survival Program. 
In the Divorce Survival Program, you'll learn how to have the most difficult conversations of your life with your husband, your children, friends, family, and even nosy neighbors. You'll learn to set healthy boundaries in high and low conflict divorces. You'll learn how the legal and financial processes really work, whether you should or can seek support, and you'll be taken through the process of emotional healing. And of course, you'll learn how and when to start dating on the other side. In this first-of-its-kind program, I bring together guest experts from around the country who share their wisdom in exclusive interviews not available anywhere else. In the Divorce Survival Program, I have conversations with legal and financial experts, child psychologists, sex and dating experts, and more. And of course, there are over 20 videos in which I speak directly to you, answering your most pressing questions. The Divorce Survival Program is a self-paced online program available for purchase now at the ridiculously low price of just $497. And there's a payment plan if you need it. Best of all, as a listener to the Divorce Survival Guide podcast, you get $50 off. Use the code DSGPOD at checkout and $50 will be taken off your purchase. Head on over to divorcesurvivalprogram.com and sign up today. That's divorcesurvivalprogram.com. And now back to our show. The first stage, stage one, is like a setup stage. And I saw this with every study participant, me too. If you can imagine four legs of a table, the four legs being physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual. What I saw with everybody was a real heavy lean on the physical and the mental, thinking and doing, and not really prioritizing the the uh, emotional and the spiritual, the feeling and being. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. it you know, it, when you only have a table that has two legs, it's easy for that table to topple over. That's us. That's not to say if you're just busy thinking and doing, you will be betrayed. But it was the typical profile I saw. So table topples over. Here's stage two. This is by far the scariest of all of the stages. Shock, D-Day, Discovery Day. You you know, here you're blindsided. This is, you got the news. And it's the breakdown of the body, the mind, and the worldview. Right here, it's like that person takes a mask off and reveals who they've been. Right here, you've ignited the stress response which we talked about a little bit, you're headed for every single stress-related symptom, illness, condition, disease. Your mind is in a complete state of chaos and overwhelm. You cannot wrap your mind around the information you just learned. This makes no sense, right? Like a weird time. It literally makes no sense. Yeah, Yeah. right. Yeah, right. And your, Mm -hmm. your worldview has just been shattered. Your worldview is your mental model, the rules of the world that prevent chaos, that govern you. And in one earth-shattering moment or series of moments, every rule you've ever had is no longer. The bottom has bottomed out and a new bottom hasn't been formed yet. So it's terrifying. Yes. But think about it. Yes. If the bottom were to bottom out on you, what would you do? You'd grab hold of anything you could to stay safe and stay alive. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's stage three, survival Mm -hmm. instincts emerge. It's the most practical out of all of the stages. If you can't help me, get out of my way. How do I survive this experience? Where do I go? How do I feed my kids? Like it is practical. Right. Here's the trap though. Once you've figured out how to survive your experience, because it feels so much better than the shock and trauma of where you just came from, we think it's good. We stop there. We stop right. there. And we here's stop the there. thing. Yeah. Transformation right. doesn't even begin until stage four. Mm-hmm. But because mm-hmm. we don't know there's anywhere else to go, yeah. we start planting roots and four things happen. We're not supposed to, but we don't know that. So four things happen. The first thing is we start getting all of these small self benefits. Uh-huh. Think about it. We get yeah. to be right. We get our story. We get someone to blame. Mm-hmm. We get a target for our anger. Mm-hmm. We don't have mm-hmm. to do the hard work of learning to trust again. Can I trust you? Should I trust you? Forget it. I'm not trusting anybody. We get sympathy from everybody we tell our story to. And on some level, this feels good. And we're not supposed to stay here, but we don't know it. So we plant deeper roots because yeah. we're here longer than we were supposed to be. Now the mind starts doing things like, well, maybe you're not all that great. Maybe you deserved mm-hmm. it. 
maybe mm. this, maybe that. So you plant deeper roots. Again, you're not supposed to be here, but you don't know that. Now, deeper roots. Now, because these are the thoughts you're thinking, like energy attracts like energy. So now you start bringing circumstances and relationships and people towards you to confirm, yep, this is exactly where you belong. The misery loves company crowd. They come around now too. Mm-hmm, it gets worse, mm-hmm. but I'll get you out of here. Because <laughs> it feels so bad. Yeah. But you don't know there's a stage four, a stage five. You think this is the end of the road. You're like, I better figure out a way to make this work, but this stinks. So right here is where you resign yourself. I'm like, you're like, I, I gotta, I have to make this work somehow. So here's where you start using food, drugs, mm-hmm. alcohol, work, TV, keeping busy, whatever, to numb and avoid and distract, right? Mm-hmm. So think right. about it. You do it for a day, then a week, then a month. Now it's a habit. A year, 10 years, 20 years. And kid, I'm not kidding. I could see someone 20 years out and say, that emotional eating you're doing or that drinking you're doing or that numbing in front of the TV, do you think that has anything to do with your betrayal? And they would look at me like I had two heads. And they would say, that happened 20 years ago. Do you see? All they did was put themselves in stage three and stay there. That's right. That's right. Does that make sense? Oh, I mean, it resonates with me for sure. I know (laughs) just a little, you know, side, little side story, but, you know, I got divorced, well, like 13 years ago. Mm-hmm. And for 10 years, I, my alcohol consumption, my sugar consumption, my food, right. It, it increased steadily mm-hmm. increased yeah. until three years ago when I got sober. And as soon as I did like that bottom fell out again, <laughs> yeah. I was 100% yeah. drinking my, my ex is sober. Like we didn't mm-hmm. really drink to, we didn't drink in our house. Like that wasn't part, that wasn't part of right. what we did. But as soon as I got out, I was numbing myself consistently yeah. with yeah. alcohol. And then because alcohol does what it does, it increased and it increased and it increased. And until everything was just, I was a mess. I was more of a mess 10 mm-hmm. years down the line than mm-hmm. I was. And then I, then I had to take that bottom out again. And then all of that betrayal information was like, yeah you know, had a place to to sort of take root. And, and that's it. And and it only heals when we face it, feel it, heal it. And I'll talk about that too. But now, yep. so you can see how common it is to totally. stay stuck. I mean, that's why from hardened yep. to healed, it's only for stage three. I'm coming for you stage three years because it's, you've been through the worst of it already. You owe it to yourself to heal. But when you don't even know there's a roadmap, it's easy yes. to get stuck. So anyway, yes, of course. If, if you're willing, again, that word willingness that we talked about, if you're yeah. willing to let go of the small self benefits, everything you get from it, grieve more than the loss, a bunch of things you need to do. You move to stage four. Stage four is finding and adjusting to a new normal. So here's where you acknowledge, I can't undo my experience, but mm-hmm. I control what I do with it. And I mm-hmm. always use the example of if you've ever moved to a new house, office, condo, apartment, whatever, all your stuff's not there. It's not quite cozy yet, but it's going to be okay. And when you are in that mental space, you're actually turning down the stress response. Mm-hmm. You're not healing just yet, but you mm-hmm. just stopped the massive damage you were causing in stages two and stage three. The mind is is healing a little bit. Now, here's what's interesting also about stage four. You know, you, you're making this kind of mental space home. But if you were to move, you don't yeah. necessarily take everything with you. And what I found was if mm-hmm. your friends weren't there for you, right here is where you've outgrown them. You do yep. not take them with you. If they don't rise, they don't come. And so people say to me all the time, what the heck? I've had these friends 10, 20, 30 years. Is it me? Yes, it is. You're undergoing a transformation. And if they can't meet they up fit. with That's this right. version of you, mm-hmm. they don't come with you. So very common at this stage. Anyway, when you're making this new mental space home, you're okay with it. You're good with it. You move into the fifth most beautiful stage. And this is healing, rebirth, and a new worldview. The mm-hmm. body starts to heal. Self-love, self-care, eating well, exercise. You didn't have the bandwidth for that earlier. You were surviving. Now you do. Your mind is making new rules, new boundaries based on, on everything you see so clearly now. And you have a new worldview based on the road you just traveled. And the four legs of the table, in the beginning, it was just all about the physical and the mental. By this point, we're solidly grounded because we're mm-hmm. focused on the emotional and the spiritual too. Those are the five stages. I love it. 
I love it. I think I'm still stuck in three. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like somewhere between three and four, but I think, but I love that there's this, that there is this roadmap, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So, okay. I'm curious, right? Because this is about ourselves, Mm -hmm. right? And this is about our own personal transformation. And I know that actually maybe we'll go back to you. You actually remarried your husband after the, after your betrayal. Can you talk a little bit about what led to that? Yeah, absolutely. What I see so often is people are so afraid of the complete and utter death and destruction of the old. Well, let me tell you something. That betrayal created the complete and utter death and destruction of the old. But what I see so often is the betrayer creates the destruction. The person who's been betrayed, they're like, oh, but let's just, we'll figure it out. We'll make it work. We'll do this. We'll do that. Now, here's what I say. Once you've, and what I've seen, once you've been betrayed, Here, that is the catalyst for transformation. This is your opportunity to do that work with no expectation of what's going to show up. Like for me, that was the deal breaker. He was out. I was like, I wasn't counting on being a single mom. All these kids, all these dogs, you know, know, this wasn't the plan, right? (laughs) But here I go. And Uh that transformation was underway. Now, here's what happens. The betrayer has a golden opportunity to use this experience as the greatest wake-up call of their lives. Or, you know, the betrayal will show you who someone truly is. And sometimes they just don't wake up, you know, and that's okay. Or it wakes them up to who they temporarily became. Um, And so, and rebuilding yourself, though, is always a choice, whether you rebuild yourself and move on. And that's what I had to do with my family. Wasn't an option to rebuild with them. Mm. Or... If the situation lends itself, if you're willing, if you want to, you rebuild something from the ground up new with the person who hurt you. And that's what I did with my husband. So not long ago, we actually did. We married each other again, new rings, new vows, new dress, and our four kids is our bridal party. Uh, I'll tell you though, there were three groups in the study who did not heal. And um, one was, now that you know the five stages, you'll see exactly where they, where they are. The first, mm-hmm. this was the group that, refused to accept their betrayal. They didn't heal. They were stuck on it. They were like, nope, here's my story. I'm sticking with it. They did not heal. The second group was the group, and this was a crossover between these two groups, was the group that was numbing, avoiding, distracting. They may have, you know, they ran to the doctor who put them on a mood stabilizer or anti-anxiety med. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they started drinking, emotionally eating, whatever. They did not heal. The third group, this was the group where the betrayer had very little consequences. So whether it was out of religious reasons, Mm -hmm. financial fear, uh, not wanting to break up a family, whatever it was, um, they just tried to turn the other cheek, tried to just move past it without any real consequence. I saw two things with this group. The first, a further deterioration of the relationship. And the second thing was this group was the most physically sick. Yes. Your broken heart can't handle that. But I get it. We're so afraid of that crash and burn, but that's the only way you birth the new. And so people ask me all the time, can, after the shattering of trust, can it be repaired? I say, no, can mm-hmm. it be rebuilt? Yeah, but it's right. A and you process, you talk about, I love the way that you, you describe the difference between resilience and transformation. Mm-hmm. Can you explain yeah. that? Cause I think that's exactly right. That's exactly what you're pointing at here. Exactly. So resilience is bouncing back. You need that for your everyday transformation is a whole different thing. So I, I actually talk about this in my, I did two TEDx talks in the second one. Do you have post-betrayal syndrome? And I use this analogy metaphor. I always get them confused of a house. Here's the difference between the two. So imagine the, let's say the house needs a new boiler and you were to get a boiler, that would be resilience. You're bringing it back. You're restoring. Let's say it needs a new paint job and you paint. That would be resilience. You're restoring it, bringing it back to what it was. Here's trauma and transformation. Ready? A tornado comes by and levels your house. A boiler's not fixing it and a paint job's not fixing it. And in fact, both won't fix it. Now, here's the thing. You have every right to stand there at the lot where your house once stood and say, oh my gosh, this this is the most horrible thing that's ever happened. And you'd be right. And you can call over everybody you know and have them look at it and say, isn't this the worst thing you've ever seen? They'd all agree. You have every right to cry and mourn and kick and scream until your final breath. However, should you choose to rebuild the house? You don't have to, but if you choose to rebuild the house, why would you build the same one? 
there's nothing there. Why not give it everything the old house didn't have? Why not make it so much better and so much more beautiful? That's the opportunity. Whether you're creating a version of you that is so distinctly different where you're you're leaving behind everything that no longer serves, taking everything you love, or if it happens to be that there's this new version of you and this new version of your partner, you get together at a very different level with on a whole different level of everything. Yeah. And so I think that's the key. I know that my listeners are probably being like, yeah, but what about him? <laughs> You're right. Like I'm willing to do the work. I will do the transformation. I'll put in everything. But as women, right, we know we're the ones who are always doing the work and we're exhausted by the fact that we're always doing the fucking work. Yep. And so like, what about him? (laughs) Okay. So let me speak to that. If I can, I will give you another analogy. We'll make it so crystal clear. Ready? Mm -hmm. The way it works when trust is shattered, I look at trust as a brick wall. The the only way I know of a brick wall being built, brick by brick by brick. Every opportunity that person has to show that they're trustworthy represents one brick in that brick wall. That's why it takes a long time. Now imagine the very person who built the brick wall shatters the whole thing. Now, of course, you can look at the rubble of bricks and say, I don't have the least bit of interest in watching that thing get rebuilt. Totally fine. Move along. However, if you are willing, here's that word willingness again, right? If you are willing to watch that brick wall be rebuilt, that's the betrayed person's job. If they choose, they could either walk or be willing. The person who shattered the brick wall has to be a really good bricklayer. And it can go up the only way it went up the first time. Every opportunity they have to show they're trustworthy, one brick in the brick wall. But here's what I see. I see the the person, the betrayer, shatter the wall. And then I see the betrayed. I'll build it. No, no. That's why they never feel safe. That's why they're always hypervigilant. That's why they don't trust with good reason. Because if you have someone who could shatter the wall, and has no interest or incentive or motivation to rebuild it, it's a very lopsided relationship right there. And what I see is we only have best case scenario, 100% of our energy, right? If you're dedicating 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 plus percent of that to what about them? How are, what about us? What about this? What You only have the remainder for you. This is an opportunity where you harness every ounce of energy you can to heal you without any expectation of what's going to show up separate from the relationship, right? Totally. Right. So the work first is on you going through these stages, post betrayal transformation. Mm -hmm. And if at the end of, if if you're in stage five Mm -hmm. and he has been working to build, to repair that wall brick by brick, Mm -hmm. then you have something. Then you meet up at a very different level. But if you're doing the work, and first of all, if you're doing the work and the other person is unwilling, but you're so committed to the relationship, all you will do is keep sabotaging yourself because you don't want to outgrow them. So you keep sabotaging yourself to keep the peace. Right. right. That's the per- that third group in the study, the most physically sick. That's who I'm talking about. That's right. If you do the work, right, the few different scenarios. If you do the work and the other person doesn't. You, you completely outgrow them. You're not going to be the least bit attracted to them. And frankly, they're not going to be as attracted to you because they're going to be like, what happened to you? They liked it when they could take advantage of you. They liked it when they knew where you stood. They liked it when they can just betray you with no consequences. But think about it. If the only way that relationship works is if they can betray you with no consequences, what about that is okay? Nothing mm-hmm. in my mind, mm-hmm. right? That's right. So that's, but what happens also is when we're just committed to do the work, then the the betrayer can can also look and say, I better step up my game to meet the strength of this woman. But it happens when they do the work and when, and when, you know, we do the work. Yes, that's right. Because you, if you do the work, you're no longer a receptor for that, right? You're no, like we talked about before, whether it's, you know, the universe giving you the same lesson over and over again. Um, right. Like you learn the lesson you You grew beyond it. You grew beyond the dysfunction of this relationship. Exactly. There's, and that's the thing. When you move through stages four, stage five, you were in that place of post-betrayal transformation, that version of you will blow your mind, but that's a version who is so 
healthy, confident, healed, whole, because you did the work, because you slayed those dragons and faced those fears. You can't get to that part of you uh, if you're unwilling to become uncomfortable. You know, it's like, think about it, the caterpillar turning into a butterfly. Caterpillar doesn't just stick a pair of wings on, <laughs> right? You know, I mean, think of it, look at the it dissolves. Here. Hangs itself from a tree in order to die to the life it's it's known, right? Is willing to be, de, you know, composed, emulsified, unrecognizable from what it once was, whatever goes on there. Only because it, it did that does it get to be the butterfly, one of the most beautiful creatures on our planet, right? Caterpillar can't become the butterfly if it doesn't go through that messy, grueling process. We mm-hmm. can't become the highest and best versions of us if we're unwilling to get a little uncomfortable. I love it. I love this. This is so this is so helpful because so often when we talk about betrayal, we're talking about the relationship, we're talking about him and what does he need to do and blah 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 blah. There's almost an unspoken sort of assumption that we are static. Mm. Right? That like the trust, you know, the the trust was was completely shattered and that the, he has to do the work, right, to rebuild the bricks while we're just sort of hanging out, waiting for that to see if that happens, right? But actually, we have to sort of almost turn our back on that and do this transformational journey and then see, and then see. We turn towards us, maybe for the first time ever. That's right. And we give ourselves everything uh, that that we need right now to heal to heal from this. And it's interesting; you really do create a new identity. It's almost like you have a bunch of Legos, and you can create whatever you want. I mean, like here's an example, and it's a little silly example, but I used to be really hard on myself. I was such a driver, you know, and if I did something wrong, I'd be like, oh, I'd call myself names and all this stuff. And I realized post betrayal, I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. I want to be hard on myself. So now when I do, like I get lost wherever I go, it's just what goes on. So I leave extra time. I know it's going to happen. So now, (laughs) now, whenever I do something like that, I'm simply adorable. And everybody has to go along with it. And everybody has to agree. So I still do very adorable things. But you see what I mean? But it's like, we get to create whatever we want. It's all been shattered like that house. It has been demolished. So as you're rebuilding, who do you want to become? Now is your opportunity. You can become a version of you that will blow your mind. I promise you that version, he or she is waiting, is mm-hmm. waiting as you move through the stages. This is what we see every single day within the PBT Institute. So good. So good. And Debbie, you have like a bazillion books on this. How many <laughs> well, do you I'd have say, actually? <laughs> it's, it's, it's my sixth. But the, you know what? <laughs> trust again. I, I did this one last year. And this is if you want to move through the five stages and our four-step trust rebuilding process and my personal story and the study participant story. And this, this is so heavily researched. I mean, I'm talking like 250 plus studies cited and, you know, 500 something hours. This was my PhD dissertation. This book is called Trust Again, y'all. Trust Again. That math doesn't work that only uh, the the PhD committee gets to read it. I put in way too much time. So, So this is available for that. But then as I was doing the work, I'm like, everybody's getting stuck in stage three. So from hardened to healed, this one, which just came out, that is is just Mm -hmm. for stage three. So they go beautifully together. But if you know, you are just stuck in stage three from hardened to healed. That's me, y'all. Yeah. That's the one. <laughs> and and I think that it's important, you know, actually for me to say that to my audience and stuff, because you guys know that like I've been divorced for 13 years. Yeah. Right. And there are there are reminders of the betrayal. And, and I did not have and it doesn't matter, but I didn't have the kind of like shocking betrayal. Like I didn't. I mean, actually, that's not true. I had it a number of times. Um, in my marriage and I just chose to <laughs> like pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. Like you said, yeah. these are the yeah. ones that don't heal. Was it like, no, 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 yes. no, no, no. It wasn't. That's not what it was. That's not you misunderstood or blah, 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 blah. Right. I got talked out of it. Yep, exactly. You see, right? so, and that's the, and, and here, I just want to make sure everybody knows it's not, you know, even though it happened to you, it's not about you. Mm-hmm. This is mm-hmm. not your fault. It really isn't. And, and it right. is so important. If you have to say that a hundred million times, I want to make sure you know that. However, it is your opportunity because there was something there, right? Like in my experience, I, I wasn't, I wasn't taking my needs seriously. And, and, and then you look back and you're like, what about that was okay? Why was that okay? It's not right. So you look, betrayal gives you that opportunity to look and say, I get it. 
I was doing the best I can based on what I had available to me at the time, based on what I was taught, based on what I learned. And this version of me gets to change all of it. Yeah. And I, it's, it's interesting being on this far away from it and watching him repeat the patterns later down the line in his life and and to to be able to look back and go oh actually the reason that i didn't have the resources available like within me was because of my trauma yeah. was because i was in this in this this frozen state right so yeah. it isn't it, it's not my fault no this is that this is what he does and I have to tell you, you know, speaking to that, we have so many people who come into the PPT Institute with therapy trauma. You know, they, they see a therapist, yes. let's say, and if that Jesus. therapist isn't highly skilled in betrayal, it does more harm than good. We actually have uh, someone who's in, undergoing certification now, and that's going to be, everybody specializes in something within the Institute. Her specialty is going to be therapy trauma because, you know, if, like I said, if, if they're not highly skilled in betrayal, let's say it's a narcissist, that narcissist can be very charming and crocodile tears. And then the therapist can look at the betrayed saying, you know, if you only communicated better. That's right. That's right. I see it all the time, Debbie. I see it all the time. I can't tell you how many times I tell people, fire your therapist, fire the therapist. They don't know what they're, they are not specialized in this. Yeah. What are people looking for in a therapist post-betrayal? Here's the thing. I, I am a psychologist, but I'm a coach first. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, as it relates to betrayal, yes, you, you want to be heard. You need someone to share, right. To where you can share this profound loss and, and make sense and eventually make meaning out of your experience. But you need someone who is moving you forward in the way that coaches do by design, right? That's, that's what we do. Yeah. And that's, I mean, our coaches are all certified in the five stages, but they're specializing in addiction and narcissism and divorce and reconciliation and all these things. But they know when someone comes in, they know what stage they're in and they just gently, you know, they gently move them. I mean, some of our coaches are a little more gentle than others, but the whole idea is you need to be heard, but if you keep coming out of that experience, only repeating your story the same way, the same, and you're no better for it, at some point you have to take a look at that because it's, yes, it's important yeah. to share, but that story yeah. will keep you deeply rooted because if that becomes who you are, then we will never leave it behind. We never want to leave without an identity. So if we can't imagine a version of us who is not that it's going to be hard to leave it. So be careful about how often and how long. I mean, yes, you need to process, you need to ruminate, but you don't need to marinate. I love that. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, I think this is so uh, all so incredibly helpful. Where can people find you and all of the things? Your books, all of it. The best thing to do: take the healed or hardened quiz. It really see what see what stage you're in, and um, and which force of nature you are. So you can just find that at healedorhardenedquiz.com. Great. And all of that will be in the show notes and uh, along with links to your books and all of your work. Dr. Debbie Silber, thank you so much. This is just an incredible, incredible conversation. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Divorce Survival Guide podcast. If you like what you hear, head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in and leave me a review. And don't forget to follow me on Instagram at the Divorce Survival Guide. I'll see you next time. And until then, remember, you, my love, deserve to be happy.